Hello and welcome to Medical Mums Chat about what we're watching. I am Beck Young coming to you from Melbourne. I would like to acknowledge um, the traditional owners of the land um, on which I stand, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I am a surgical assistant and mum of three and today I'm joined by Beck Lettingham. Hello Beck. Hi Beck and I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which I come um, to you from today, the Aru people. How have you been? Oh good. Busy? Busy. I've got the lurgy actually so (laughs) not good but I'd like to say I've had my coronavirus test, it's negative. Um, and so I'm isolating at home, but that leaves a lot of time for watching, which is good. Yes, well, I've been working a lot, and so I haven't been doing much else except work and sleep and watch TV. So, and uh, excellent. And sadly, recently got broken into, so I'm swinging into a period of insomnia, which will mean that I'm <gasps> well prepared for lots our next of time chat. to watch. Yes. Okay, <laughs> excellent. Well, let's get to it, shall we? I think you would like to um, start this discussion off. What have you been watching lately? So I am all about Australian productions today. And the first one that I'm really excited to talk about that I think you might have watched, I'm not sure, is Wakefield on ABC iView. I haven't watched it. So I'm. I, it's on my list. It's yeah. on my, yeah. So please tell me. So I think for, particularly for doctors or anyone working in mental health or health, I think it's a must watch. It's a it's a beautiful uh, depiction of um, an inpatient mental health ward. There's a little bit of poetic license um, in that, uh, for example, there's a mum and a baby on the general medical, mental health ward, but I think that, okay. the, that it's been taken um, on purpose and is worth it. It's worth the, the loss of reality for, those, for that storyline to be there. Um, and the casting is phenomenal. So the lead is um, Rudy... Damalingam. Oh, I didn't write my, my writing is such doctor's writing that I'm not sure if I've said that right. <laughs> Rudy, okay. Um, and he plays a mental health nurse, Nick, um, who actually mm-hmm. had gone to medical school and pulled out during medical school and become a mental health nurse, um, which is oh. an interesting little twerk in the in the storyline. I'm going to have to live Google to make sure I've said his name right. Um, um, and he's a really good actor. I've never heard of him before, so he's kind of new to me. Um, and his, his supporting, um, Damalingam, I think I got it right. Um, his, okay. his supporting kind of cast in the staff roles include a comedian Felicity Ward, who I think most people would recognise. She's got curly hair and she's quite quirky. And Sam mm-hmm. Simmons, who is most oh, yeah. Triple J. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, funny. So I think they're the two that really, for me, show the part of the story that I find fascinating, which is why do we get to say who needs to be in a mental health ward? Because they, I know Felicity Ward's been very open in her real life about suffering from anxiety and she talks about it in a comedy. comedy. And Sam is like quirky as they come. Yeah. And yeah. so the staff are really, really quirky and weird and lovely and beautiful, but the, it does one of the questions that I think this series brings is who are who's the crazy ones and why you know yeah so yeah it's like yeah that real fine line between the staff where is the, the line yeah yeah um and <laughs> are the staff crazy or are the patients crazy <laughs> yeah and there's, there's a psychiatrist um who's 
you know, there's a she's having a bit of a tra- tra- like post-traumatic stress from some work-related stuff. And so really beautifully done, set in the Blue Mountains, I think. I'm a Westie through and through, but it's set in a mountainous place. I think yeah. it's the Blue okay. Mountains. Um, <laughs> um, and I, okay. just, I, I think it's, it's a stunningly written and very well worth a watch. So, okay. Yeah. Have you got excellent? What 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 do you want to talk to us about today? Well, I have wanted. This is not Australian. I feel bad now, but anyway, I'm I'm going HBO. I've been watching Mayor of East Town, which is on binge. So this is a five part series, um, and the binge blurb reads thus: A small town Pennsylvania detective investigates a brutal murder while balancing her personal life, which is rapidly falling apart around her. So it stars Kate Winslet as Mare Sheehan. So it's Mare as in Mary, M-A-R-E. Um, Mare has grown up in this small town of East Town. Um, she's been there her whole life. She's a former high school basketball star and now she's a sergeant detective um, in her 40s. She lives at home with her mother, her 17-year-old daughter, her four-year-old grandson, um, and her ex-husband lives uh, in a house, you know, a neighbouring house with his new fiance. So, so we quickly learn that Mare's personal relationships are a little bit rocky. Um, Mare is a hard woman. <laughs> she carries a lot of personal grief, and I think that that's probably why she, you know, her hard exterior is perhaps a, a coping mechanism for that grief. There's an unsolved crime within the community of East Town, and there's a lot of focus and a lot of pressure on Mare um, because she's been unable to solve it. So in the first episode, um, there's a brutal murder. And so now Mare has two unsolved high-profile crimes on her hands, and the series is basically us watching Mare, you know, work her way through this crime. Um, and the interesting thing is that every time Mare meets somebody, every time a new character is introduced, Mare is connected to them. So it's either Mare's ex-husband or it's Mare's cousin or it's Mare's, um, you know, high school friend. You know, she's deeply connected to this community. Um, and uh, it, it reminded me of being what it must be like to be a GP in a small town. <laughs> everybody knows you everybody knows your movements um everybody knows what you're doing um and just that balance of finding um how to manage your personal relationships while doing your professional job so while Mare is this very hard woman she clearly cares deeply about her community um so yeah it's got a brilliant cast so Kate Winslet is that's a pretty (laughs) um and she plays a very real 40 something she's got the greasy hair she's got regrowth down to her ears she's always got a messy pony she's often vaping not glamorous um ill-fitting bra very real hilariously though she goes out on a date and she puts on a splash of lipstick and instantly she looks like like the you know movie star that we know you've got guy pierce who plays her love interest and um jean smart plays um mayor's mother and then there's this young actress and gory rice i'm not sure if, that, if i'm saying her name correctly but she plays mayor's um 
17 year old daughter and there's something really captivating about her every time she comes on screen I really enjoy it so it's set in Pennsylvania it's very bleak it's very gritty it's a it's a it's an American Marcella if you like you know the brilliant hard detective who is you know good at her job but not so good uh, at her personal relationships well worth a watch I don't have binge, but that makes me, uh, you know, there's a couple of things listed now that I think about getting binge sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> do the trial, Beck. Do the trial. Yeah, oh, the trials, for me, the 30 days go and I'm then hooked into another monthly. But I'm <laughs> yeah. not very good at the I need to ca- I need to cancel a few, I have to say. <laughs> All right. What's your next recommendation? So my next recommendation is a movie that I actually saw at the Deck Chair Cinemas in Darwin. Um uh, in 2019 so I'd gone okay. for a conference and I'd gone along to the deck chair cinemas and I, I loved Darwin and I loved this movie and it was a really beautiful surprise then and it's landed on Netflix so I've had a second watch and it's a really beautiful surprise now so I um it's very Australian um it's called, okay it's called The Merger um mm-hmm. and there's a country town uh with a you know a made-up name that um I can't remember um and <laughs> It's hit some hard Not Springfield. <laughs> no. It's hit some it, it seems like an inland kind of wheat belt type town. It's yeah. hit some hard times and um, the footy club club rooms have asbestos and have been shut down. Um, and they're really struggling for footy players as well. So they have a meeting and they suggest that they merge with the neighbouring town who have been their fierce rivals. Um, so mm-hmm. that's not really something that people want to do. Um, and it's also a town that's been selected to resettle refugees. Um, and oh. there's an ex-footy star in town, Troy, um, mm-hmm. and he's become a bit of a hermit. He had a big footy accident and had a really bad um, injury that put him out of the AFL and he moved to this town and his mum was um, a fierce kind of environmentalist and there's some mining in this town and he wrecked campaigns in before the movie. He's campaigned against a mining development and he's got the nickname of Town Killer. Um, so there's um, a single mum who's a widower or widow. What do we call? Widow. She's a widow. Widow. Um, mm-hmm. With a, a young boy, I'd say he's about nine or ten, um, who wears um, rooster pyjamas because it was one of the last gifts that his dad gave him before he was killed. Um, and uh, he has a video camera that his dad gave him and he's trying to make a documentary. So we see a lot of it through him asking questions for his documentary. And she is trying to set up a refugee support centre. And she also stands up at the footy meeting and says, why don't we ask Troy to coach? Um, And it also stars Penny Cook, who is really famous, you know, um, soap opera. Yeah. And (laughs) interestingly, I watched this feeling differently about watching her because she died in the year that it was filmed of cancer. So I think she probably is um, oh. has cancer while she's filming this, which made me think she must love her job, you know? Yeah. And um, and she's such a beautiful actor and I grew up with her on my screen. So it felt like a real personal thing watching it. Knowing I, don't, I don't think I knew she died. When did mm, she die? Like 2018. Okay. Yeah. Oh, um, all right. And it's got John Howard. Um, uh-huh. So, you know, really classic Australian and he's the yeah. somewhat racist, you know, phobic of change kind of fella. Anyway, middle-aged white, yeah, middle-aged or white older, man. Actually, yeah. he's Penny Cook's older. husband. Okay. Yeah, um, and the and Angie, the mum's dad. 
Oh, actually, he's the the dad who's passed away is dad actually. So, um, right, father-in-law of the mum. So Troy agrees to take on the team, and um, he's helping Angie with the refugee support centre, and nobody else is helping because they're all a little bit, you know, of that quintessential country town Australian. Um, we don't; they're a bit different, do you know? Like, yeah. Um, and they are talking to one of the refugees, and he has the Troy's um, autobiography, and. He and Troy says, "Oh, you know." He goes, "You're Troy, you footballer, you know." Like, and he says, "You know football." And he says, "Yeah, we played it in the detention center." And so they throw him a football, and he's really good at it. And he run, and then he runs down the street, yeah. and he's a very fast runner. So they get the idea that maybe they should recruit the refugees to the football team. Um, awesome. And it shows. I think what I really love about it is it does show that underbelly of of racist Australia, but it shows that. You don't have to scratch too far before you just find humanity in everyone, you know, even yeah. the people who are not not very nice initially. So the club room becomes a tent and the bowls club shower. They have to go down to the bowls club to shower. And I've got some of my favourite quotes from the movie just so to get a feel for it. Um, uh, so what this so that the father-in-law starts to try and get a petition because he doesn't want the refugees in the town and this woman comes up to him and she says, if you want to live in this country, you should learn the language. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> Which I just think is like beautiful writing, you know, yeah. just to capture that. Um, and then when he's teaching them, he's trying to teach them the rules of footy, he goes, when you go outside the boundary, you're out of bounds. Over the fence, you're a spectator. Try and keep inside both of those as a rule. And then one of the things he tells them is, just keep doing it until you're not shit. <laughs> and he starts to bring in the art. So we find like, softer sides of like they're big they've all got their Australian nicknames the original team team members and he he makes them learn facts about each other and so okay you know there's a, a chemist from um one of the refugees is a chemist and there's a guy on the team that's really into like chemistry as well so he helps him get his chemist license and they all have to learn about each other and they do like um Shakespearean speaking to learn about they just do this really quirky stuff in this tent um and um and and there's also this very nice reality like they've got yellow school shirts my kids have yellow school shirts it's a rubbish color for a school shirt because it's impossible to keep yellow it turns this kind of mustardy <laughs> dirty color and these kids have yellow school shirts and they're that dirty mustardy Musty. color and so i just really appreciated you yeah, know yeah, the reality yeah. so i think it's just really well the details the fine details yeah. <laughs> So yeah. that sounds lovely. That sounds like a yeah, a, uh, yeah, good watch. Definitely, hundred like five stars, hundred percent. Did it get much press? I, I feel like I haven't ever heard of it. No, no, I'd never heard of it when I saw it in Darwin, and I, I really felt yeah. that it should have had more. You know, and I'm not sure why. I think it's probably a better time for it now. I think it might yeah, have okay. been slightly ahead of its time. Um, right, and I think with the kind of um, you know the Canberra bubble and the focus on misogyny because the the outward appearance of some of the football players would be that of misogyny but in this tent they 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 get a bit deeper and they're beautiful men you know yeah and so I think yeah. it's probably better timed now okay nice very good all right have you been watching well, moving on yeah so I would like to revisit um, one from earlier in the year and I 
think you've watched this Beck. Um, but I think it's something everyone should watch, and that's It's a Sin, oh, which is yeah, yeah, um, five part British series on Stan. So set from 1981 to 1991, this is the story of four friends, um, in particular three gay men and their straight friend, uh, female friend, Jill. So we follow um, the main character. It's really centred around Richie, who's played beautifully by Ollie Alexander. Um, and Richie is a small town uh, boy who leaves home for the bright lights of London. Um, where he can finally live his life openly as a gay man. Um, he's an aspiring actor, he's bubbly, he's happy, he's full of life. Um, and, you know, the first two episodes of this um, series were just, I just found them really joyful. Uplifting. You know, they really celebrated yep. the lifestyle and I loved how they loved, they just enjoyed it's like <laughs> finally the, being able um, to be themselves it's also youth wasn't it it just celebrated youth oh. because they were beautiful young people doing things that make having them, fun make them smile yep yeah um so the other friends in this series are colin the quiet reserved um menswear worker um and he is befriended by the older neil patrick harris um who is his mentor um, and then there's Roscoe, the flamboyant um, character. He has left his conservative African family because they cannot accept um, that he is gay. They tried to convert him with prayer. With one of the best walkouts I've ever seen on TV. <laughs> the walkout is It's fabulous. worth watching just for the walkout. <laughs> um, and the show is set around um, their lives. They all move into a flat called the Pink Palace. And um, beautifully, the Pink Palace actually was a real flat and um, and Jill is based on a real character. Yeah. And you had a lovely anecdote about this. Yeah, so Jill's Jill's kind of real and was friends with Russell T Davis, who's the, the writer and director. The producer. Yeah. Produ yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so she is a beautiful character and I, I guess for us watching as well as as straight white women you know like it's easier it's an it's it's easy to imagine being her and harder to be imagined being the other main character yes totally know? yeah um but she her she is in she is in the series as her mother as her character's yes, mother the character's mother yeah. yeah so the real jill plays yeah her yeah. character's mother yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so we watch these um, beautiful young people as the AIDS epidemic uh, or crisis really sweeps through um, London. And at first they don't believe it. At first um, they are in denial and then slowly we see um, men around them disappear. Um, so there's, um, you know, stories in the AIDS ward um, and it's just heartbreaking, isn't it? These beautiful, vibrant young people dying um, alone and the stigma and the fear surrounding the illness I think was really interesting and heartbreaking. I think what he's done really well is bring us into that joy, um, which maybe when you read or reflect on the history, you don't, you miss you miss the joy, you miss that totally. vibrant joy and the beauty that was around that kind of liberation. And yeah. I think that makes the, I mean, it was always devastating to know that this happened to a whole generation of people and they lost their friends. And But I think the devastation is completely more felt once you've experienced 
that joy at the start. Joy. And I just, just the guilt they must have felt because they felt like they deserved it. And I just, mm. I just, that's heartbreaking. That just, oh, as a mother, that just hurts, you know. And I think it's yeah. really, a shame. I also think this could be um, on the curriculum from health students because the way the health system treated uh, the patients with oh. fear and um, Lo- loathing and blame. And yeah, yeah, it was awful and devastating. And it was really interesting that this dropped in the times of COVID because. Wasn't it? Yeah, because yes. I mean, some people, like, people did lose their head a bit with COVID because we didn't know, we didn't know enough. And um, I was totally, actually... I, I had people backing away when I was out walking with my, my three children, people, you know, backing away, um, telling my children to stay away from us. Don't come any closer. Yeah. My, um, my friend's yeah. son got sacked from Target because she worked in ED. Really? Yeah. And, wow. and, you know, I just think, and I was working as a um, hospice, I was a, as a nursing student in hospice, um, home hospice care when VRE hit WA and right. my um, nurse that I was working with had worked through the AIDS epidemic and she said this is the same. So people weren't being palliated in hospital if they had VRE, they were just being sent home. Sent and we home. visited this 87-year-old and his wife was 85 and she couldn't look <sighs> after him. And we sat down and had a cup of tea and she burst into tears and said nobody's even entered. You know, they come do what they have to do and leave and nobody stayed with yeah. me for a cup of tea. And they were burning oh. the bedpans when they were finished because there was this idea that VRE could live for a year on surfaces. So then mm. when he died, all of the stuff he'd been using was getting incinerated and people were oh. just scared. And she said, this just, just harks back. And I think I was this was 20 years ago, but when I watched mm. It's a Sin, her comments obviously stuck with me when we sat down and yeah. had a cup of tea with this lady but I was like that's what she's talking about it's horrible yeah it's awful so the first two episodes are beautiful episode three is where it really kicks up a notch so don't watch it if you're um, not in the mood for a bit of a cry <laughs> and have the tissues nearby if you watch it have the tissues nearby but it's yeah obligatory watching yeah all right, what's next on your so list? Beth? I just quickly wanted to say, because I think we're coming towards time. Oh, yeah, I just quickly wanted to say, I think a lot of people have watched this, um, but I just wanted to say how beautiful it is watching it. Um, we, I've been watching with my children, Old People's Home for four, the Four-Year-Olds. Oh, I haven't watched yet. It is so beautiful, but again, it gets the waterworks going. And my children are 13 and 11. And two episodes in particular had me just weeping on the couch um, <laughs> and saying to them, don't let me be an old lonely person. And they're like, we promise we won't, mum. I'm like, <laughs> and I've made this um, old ageing plan because I'm a single mum at the moment and, um, yeah. you know, I kind of have to plan my future as a single person, I think. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to buy a family home quite near university and have university students live there for no rent and they'll just help me with the stuff that I can't do anymore because we must plan to not be old, lonely people. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just gorgeous. It's an experiment and they give you all the results at the end. But the human stories... Of both the old Beautiful. people and the four-year-olds are gorgeous Absolutely. and wide yeah. and varied. And, you know, I think it's the same theme as all of mine is that um, they're not all the people that you would generally meet. You know, we all live in our own little bubbles. So there's all these very different people with their stories, but they all just have this beauty about them. Once you get to know somebody, yeah. once you dig below the surface, I think that's a theme in all of my 
my things I brought to the table today that just... Well, Beck, this is actually partly why I really love reality TV because yeah. even though some of them are vacuous and, you know, superficial, actually there's some really lovely people out there and I do just enjoy getting to know, um, yeah, different characters. Yeah. Mm. So that's my So I'll have to... That sounds like excellent. That's beautiful. Well, I think we've about run out of... Oh, I did actually have one quick notable mention on the Australian theme, actually. Yep. Um, and that is Bump on Stan. Oh, I don't know if you've seen I this. I love it. I watched it like <laughs> I watched it in 48 hours after it dropped. And How it's good like is it? everything good about Australian. And it was filmed in COVID, which I think when you when you know that, it's an even more incredible feat because they had COVID restrictions and you know. Yeah, but... especially with the babies. So just quickly, it's an Auss- Aussie drama set in Sydney's um inner west. Stores stars Claudia sorry Claudia Carvan and Natalie Morris and it's about Ollie a year 11 student she's an A plus student and um, she has an undiagnosed pregnancy and it's about how she and her family cope with this new baby Um, but it actually gave me hope I was like oh if this is what teenagers are like I'm impressed these people are um, intelligent and um, kind and they're a little bit neurotic but yeah. I think our future is okay <laughs> and it, do you know what I loved about it it wasn't a scary warning story to make people not want to have sex you know like it yeah. was it tipped that whole old thing on its head and just went this you know it was just it wasn't it didn't serve as a cautionary tale you know no it wasn't this teenager stuffed up her life and yeah, yeah she's not going to get anywhere. Yeah. And I think it's a sign yeah. of the times that I'm pretty sure it's been a while since I watched it, but I'm pretty sure the opening scene is Claudia Carbon dancing around her bedroom with a vibrator and Ollie walks in. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I just think, you know, it's not long that that would have been acceptable as an opening scene on Australian TV, but I'm just very glad that it is now. <laughs> I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, I think, you know, women are becoming a, a force in, in film and television and I'm, yeah, definitely here for it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Excellent. All right. Well, lovely to chat with you as always. Thanks to all our listeners. If anyone has any comments or um, shows they'd like to review, please get in touch. Um, but for the time being, we'll say farewell. All right. Good to see you, Beck. See you next time. You too, Beck. Bye. Bye.